But I, I'm excited about today. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to speak to you. And uh, I was praying about this, and I actually, I, I've been speaking this message a little bit at some of our uproar one nights, and I felt that this was a message to share with the body here as well. And I want to start by reading Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8, and it says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and does not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. And it's crazy to see where we're at as a nation and where people are at as a generation and where people are at, honestly, as, as much of the church in its position where we've seen a year of drought and I've seen a lot of people blame COVID. Well, I, I had this in my heart and I had this as an idea and I had this as a plan and this was gonna happen. And in a year of drought, it seems as if the blessing might have missed us. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For that person, that church, that group, that generation will be like a tree planted by the waters. Our leaves will not wither. We will see fruit in every single season. When the heat gets turned up, we're not going to get turned down. When people have drought, God's people don't have drought. And I'm here to let you know that this is the year to change forward and we're letting go any excuse that we might have had last year. And it's time to get planted right next to Christ. It's time to, to, to put our trust back in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. I love that scripture because it doesn't say only who trust in the Lord, but whose trust is the Lord. Man, I trust the Lord above everything else. I trust the Lord above any single news channel because he's in it for us, not for prophets like they are. All of them. I trust the Lord above any politician because he's in it for us and seemingly they're in it for something else. I trust in the Lord above anything, anyone, anywhere. And when we can do that, there's not a single season Hear this clearly from scripture. There's not a single season where your life should have drought. Man, I look across and I, I, there's people who saw no drought in 2020 and 2021. Like Max just posted, I, I'm so excited for him. He just posted that he literally got his dream job. Isn't that amazing? A dream job during a pandemic when people are being laid off. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. See, we got to realize that God has a plan for every person and for every single generation. And this plan and the success that we have in this plan are at the crossroads, not of God, but of our decisions to walk into them. Think about it like this, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, it, it says that, that all of God's works were completed from the foundation of the earth. So let me ask you this, were, were you able to be blessed in despite of a pandemic because God was surprised by a pandemic? You're still able to be blessed because he's never been surprised. He's never been defeated. His blessing was bought and paid for at the foundation of the earth. What he was going to do has already been done. It's not like COVID hit the news and he was like, you know what? We're going to have to put that blessing on pause because I didn't work this one into my plans. That's not how this worked. Well, you know, we're going to have to move some things around and we'll have to push the schedule out 18 months. And we'll see what happens because I did not see. I was shocked, guys. Just like you, I was so amazed that it was able to make its way here. Absolutely not. But it doesn't change his works because his works were finished at the foundation of earth. According to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. And on the seventh day he rested. And honestly our prosperity, our purpose is, is, you might think I'm a heretic. But it's outside of God's hands because he already did his part. Now it's our job to do our part. He did his work, it's our work to step into it. 
And it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. It matters that it's already done. It is finished, as Jesus said. It's completed. I was thinking about it. I was like, man, what's something that would, would exemplify this? And I think when we want something, we go and get it. Anybody in here like that? You say, I want this. I know this is mine. I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to go get it. See, my wife's a lot like that. She's great. And, uh, and this is the way she's like that. She started stalking me. She's a, she was a little scary at first, guys. This older woman starts showing up all over the place, won't leave me alone. Showing up like, what is she doing? Started stalking me. I, I talked to security. I was like, this, this girl won't leave me. She, guys, keep an eye out on her. She's, she's got to relax a little bit. They're like, should we file a police report? Do you need a restraining order? I was like, no, she looks all right. She, she can stick around. But she saw what she wanted. <laughs> and even if I ignored her, she wasn't going to let me get away. And then I started thinking about it via the scripture. Pray for her, please. She's a real go-getter. <laughs> Stupid. But I started looking at this from scripture. And it's crazy because if God's works are completed, if God's works are for us, what keeps us out of God's works? And Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 declares that it talks about they weren't able to enter into the rest because of their doubt and their fear. And what rest was Hebrews talking about, the author of Hebrews, he was talking about Numbers chapter 13 and 14, talking about God's chosen people, the children of Israel, who had been brought out of slavery, had been, literally, this is crazy, they were brought out of slavery after 10 plagues. After the 10 plagues, they knock on their Egyptian neighbor's doors. Like, hey, give me all your silver and gold, I'm out. They start taking a journey through the desert, and they get to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's armies are behind them, and God goes behind them and puts a separating factor in between them, splits the Red Sea, and they go walking on dry ground. Dry ground. They weren't slopping in mud, dry ground. Once they got to the other side, Pharaoh's armies, where God's people walked, Pharaoh's armies were drowned. Then they start walking through the desert, and a cloud is over their head by day, keeping the sun off of them giving them direction. And by night, there's a pillar of fire to keep anything negative away, to give them light and to give them heat in a cold desert. Not only does he do that, but a rock starts following them through the desert. I don't know if you've ever seen a rock moving in a desert that produces water, but it's pretty wild. You know, I might believe God's on my side if I'm in the middle of a desert and there's water following me from a rock. Quails start flying out of the heavens. Bread is showing up, raining in the morning. Like, you know, it's kind of powerful. They get to this city that has block walls that you could run two chariots across. And they walk around it for seven days. And on the seventh day, they shout and the whole thing crumbles. You know, kind of, kind of impressive, the God that they serve. And then they get to the land of promise. They're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send some spies. First off, I never see God commanding them to send spies, but they send 12 spies, one from each tribe. And they go and they check it out, and they're like, look, it's everything that God promised. The land is flowing with milk and honey, which means it's overabundance. It's enough for us. The houses were already built. The grapes were so big it took two men to carry them. That's, that sounds pretty impressive, guys. I don't know. That's very impressive. And then they stop and they say this, but it's full of grasshoppers, or it's full of giants. It's not, it might have been full of grasshoppers, but <laughs> probably was. I saw dip them in some chocolate. But it's full of giants. Mason's face, I'll flame you, don't do that. <laughs> it's full of giants, and we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. 
You gotta imagine this. They're on the edge of the promise and God had already done all of this. And instead of stepping into the promise, they actually say, but God can't do this final last piece. Let me ask you this. Would God bring them out of all of this, through all of this, just to kill them into, into the promise? Now let me ask you this. Would God bring you out of your sin? Would God bring you out of that addiction? Would God bring you out of that physical issue just to leave you on the edge of what he fully promised you despite because of something happening in the world? Absolutely not. That's not how God operates. And while 12 came back, only two of them had a positive report named Joshua and Caleb. They weren't scared of the things in front of them. They said they're like bread in, in God's eyes. They're like bread. They're nothing. You know what they're doing? They've been babysitting the land. You know what they've been doing? They've been, they've been building our houses that we don't have to build. You know what they've been doing? They've been plowing the fields that we didn't have to plow. They've been preparing these things that we never even had to work for. Let's go and take what God has promised us. And the other ten, their report for some reason was believed. Can I encourage you this morning? Stop listening to people that have no faith. If they have no faith, just turn them off and find something worth listening to. We got too many people behind pulpits that are saying some foolish things that have no faith in them. We got news stations that sell fear to keep you watching all day long. We got social media prophets that don't know God from their elbow. If they don't have faith, turn them off. It's not worth listening to if it's not going to build your faith and into the promises of God. There's enough people that are scared of what's in front of them, but we're not. It's time to step into what God has for us. I don't think we have 21 days of praise just to say we did a thing. I believe you're going to be holding testimonies over the next two weeks inside of your hands. I believe we're going to have a board out front full of what God has done. I believe we're going to see people saved and set free and healed. That it's time to not just blame things. Hey, oh, well, this happened over the last 12 months. I don't care what happened over the last 12 months because God has a plan today. And God's plan still looks like this. The redemption of man, the restoration of what was lost, revival, and the return of his son Jesus. He's still doing the same thing. But because of their fear, they weren't allowed to take what God had for them. And I want to let you know today that regression is not an option. Come on, some of you guys, over the last 12 months, there might have been a slight regression. It's not an option anymore. We're changing forward. Some of you have been looking, you're a little bit discouraged. Well, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm not sure. Can I tell you that God has a plan and regression is not an option? That God hasn't been surprised. God's plan has not changed. That he's still doing and saying the same thing. But this is what they did in Numbers chapter 14. They looked and the 10 started saying, well, this is it and we might as well, they, they said this, they're crazy. They said, let us choose a new leader and let us go back to Egypt. Because of what was in front of them and they didn't see how it could be done, they wanted to go back into the slavery that they came out of. You know how stupid they would have looked? Walking back to Jericho. The walls are crumbled straight down in place and like, whew, thank God that he did that, but we're going back to Egypt. You know, walking back through the desert and like, man, it is hot in the daytime. Where is that cloud? Because God's protection isn't in, when, in your regression. <laughs> Shivering at night, hey, it's cold out here. I'm hungry. There's no food in this desert anymore. Where's my manna? Where's that quail? Where's that rock that used to follow us? Getting to the Red Sea, swimming back across the Red Sea. Their toes are hitting Pharaoh's chariots. Showing back up in Egypt like, hey guys, just kidding, we're back. I know we took all your gold and your silver and, and, and because Pharaoh didn't listen that all the firstborn were, were killed and everything is ravaged and you have no cattle and I know all this is destroyed, but we're back. They would have looked crazy doing that. We're like, that, that would be so stupid of them to do that. 
Who would do that? Who would swim back across their testimony? Who would walk through the desert with no provision? Who would like try to rock, walk over the rocks of the walls of Jericho to get back to what used to be instead of what's ahead? See, regression is not an option. There's no point in going back to that person. There's no point in going back to that poison. There's no, ba- there's no point in going back to that position. There's no point in regressing from what God has taken you. Because there's nothing back there. That's an asinine plan. Because it's much harder to go back across everything that Jesus already conquered than to take a step of faith into the promised land. One takes faith, one takes a lot of your own personal effort. And what God has done in the past, it should build faith towards the future. Man, would God save you, set you free, make you whole, just to make you continue to walk inside of that pain? Why would he do that? It makes no sense. But he's a God of sense. Can I tell you, the only thing that keeps us out of what God has planned is our fear. It's our doubt. It's our, it, it is our own attitude towards what God is doing. It's our discouragement. They're ugly stepsisters. Fear, doubt, discouragement, they're ugly. Only a mama could love them. Nobody likes them. Do you like fear? No. Do you like doubt? Absolutely not. Do you like your discouragement? No. They're ugly stepsisters. But they exist when we, fa- when we forget who Jesus is and we focus on ourselves. These things exist when we forget who Jesus is and we focus on ourselves. You want to know the real truth? You're right. You're not good enough to do it. But the Jesus inside of you is. You're right, you're probably not not smart enough, you might not be strong enough, you might not have enough in your own to take that next step. But the Jesus in you is more than enough. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, it says it like this, but in him you are complete. You know what faith is? Faith is when we stop looking at ourselves and we believe that Jesus is enough. We believe that Jesus has done enough, he's strong enough, that the work is done, that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, that I'm the temple of the living God. Faith says, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And I don't have dependence on myself, but I have dependence on the Christ that now lives in me. Fear exists when when we try to be dependent on self and we forget that Jesus is the one living inside of us. That Jesus is the one that died so we could get from here to there. Like really like who's going to dethrone the Jesus inside of you? Who's going to defeat the Jesus inside of you? Who's going to make the Jesus inside of you alive? It's crazy to me because this is what the children of Israel were doing. They're standing on the edge of the promise in the land and they're looking at these giants. They're like, but I'm just a grasshopper. But we never get the perspective of the giants. You know word travels fast. People love spreading rumors. You probably heard like six this week. Gossip's a sin. But you know word traveled fast back then too. You know that they probably heard about the children of Israel. But can you believe who's who's coming our way? God got them out of Egypt. God killed Pharaoh's armies for them. They had this cloud over them. They had bread raining from heaven. Walls fell when they shouted. You're probably freaking out. Imagine the news channels there. That's a real good one to sell fear. (laughs) We hear the perspective of, of, of the Israelites. We're like grasshoppers. But I bet you the perspective of the giants is, oh, I hope they don't come. I hope there's another turn. 
our land is real nice. I hope they're not coming for our spot. I hope that we're not next. I hope we're not on the list. Can I tell you what your enemy is saying about you? I hope that they don't show up. I hope that a spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, faithful uh, uh, person doesn't show up here. I hope that they don't try to expand the business in this direction. I hope that they don't try to fix that marriage. I hope that they don't try to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I hope that they don't start speaking up and changing the direction of their county. I hope that they don't realize who the Jesus is inside of them. But when we look at ourselves, can I tell you, outside of Jesus, we are just a grasshopper. And fear destroys our, our ability to obey God. You realize that fear isn't just a thought, it's a spirit, right? For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. You know what fear does? It destroys love. It destroys power, and it makes it so you can't think with a sound mind anymore. As a believer, the moment we start fearing, feeling fear is the moment we should put our head down and run at it as hard as we can. Because it's trying to stop what Jesus has started. The devil only presents himself with fear and manipulation when he's terrified of what a believer can do. Otherwise, why put fear? But fear is a spirit, and I'm sorry, I don't run from any spirit. I'm not scared of a lesser spirit. If at the end of the day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, why would I run from what's going to bow? It's going to bow to the spirit that lives inside of me, so why would I run from it? The wicked flee when no one is chasing. The only reason I know that verse is I saw a meme about jogging. And I would agree, jogging is evil. And when we run from fear, we're allowing something evil to chase us. That's not how it works. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You know where I take direction? From the Lord. Do we see Jesus running from fear? Never. Do we see God's people running from fear? Sometimes and it always results in a miss. I'm sorry, the moment you feel fear is the moment you should be like Brian Urlacher or Ray Lewis. Put those pads on and run at it like a freight train and show it who the Jesus is inside of you. That I'm not accepting anything less than what Jesus died for. I don't care if the rest of the world is going back. I'm planted on the banks. I'm planted where Jesus determined me to be. The leaves won't wither and I'll see the mighty move of God producing fruit in every single season. Challenge that fear. Run at that fear. The moment you feel that queasy, ooh, I don't know, I don't know, a little nervous, I hope God shows up. Man, plant your feet, get your hand in the dirt, and run at it as strong as you can. And see what God does inside of your life. Fear destroys your ability to obey God. And the next thing that fear does is it makes it so we can't inherit the kingdom of God. We're like, ooh, what do you mean? I mean, if we can't obey God, how could we inherit God? Revelation 21, verse 6, it says this, And he also said, It is finished. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. All who are thirsty, I'll give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. And verse 8 says this, But cowards, we'll just stop right there. Fearful. Because when, when we allow fear to rule and reign our life, then God's not. And fear is not my portion. Jesus says, he did, I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And when the people of God realize that you don't, you're not ran by fear, but you're ran by power, love, and a sound mind, can I tell you, everything in your life goes to the next level because it starts to reflect God. It starts to operate in faith. You want to know how you overcome the world? First John 5, 4. And by this we overcome the world, our faith. It's not faith in ourselves. It's faith in Christ. It's faith that, that the promises are already completed, and when I keep walking with Jesus, I'm going to see every single promise. And those promises are different for every single person. 
It's for salvation for everybody. It's for healing for everybody. It's for prosperity to everybody's level of purpose. But when we decide I'm not going to be ran by fear, I'm going to get every single promise that Jesus died for. Fear is not my portion. You know, the, the, the truth is that fear and faith ask the same question. They both ask, who's Jesus? They're both asking, who is this Jesus that you serve? And when we have fear, it's because we don't fully know Jesus. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. He said, he said who do you, who, what are people saying about me? And they're like, well, some say that you're a prophet. And some say that you're, you're John the Baptist. And he, he stops and he looks and he says, but who do you say that I am? Not your mama, not your praying grandma, not your pastor, not your friend who's doing really good with Jesus. Who do you say that Jesus is? And it's really hard to say who Jesus is if you don't know the word. I tell teenagers all the time, read your Bible. I feel like we need a Bible revival in the church. I was reading it, and it seems as if only about 50% of the people in churches read their Bible every day. Man, you're not reading your Bible just saying, well, I, good morning routine. They said I should read in the mornings. I should have a cup of coffee. I should exercise. It's not a routine thing. It's a building your faith thing. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You can't have faith without the word of God. It's about growing in your knowledge of God. Because if you don't know your God, how could you live for your God? It's about growing in knowledge of the promises of God. Because if you don't know the promises, how could you have expectation, which is faith? Reading your word empowers you to live as a believer. How we see Jesus determines what we do with fear and determines what we do. When we're looking at a promise. You know what Jesus said about himself? He said these eight things about himself. There's a lot more, but these eight specifically. In John 6, verse 35, he said, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. You want to know what Jesus is? He's the fulfillment of all of our natural desires. He's the bread and he's the water. We don't have to search farther for satisfaction other than Jesus Christ himself. John chapter 8, verse 12, he said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You know what we got right now? We got a world full of people wandering in darkness, the blind leading the blind, and for some reason the church is getting tagged along. I'm not following blindness in darkness. John 1 verse 5 says it like this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can't comprehend it. Other versions say the darkness can't can't extinguish it. Another version says the darkness can't even understand or comprehend the light that we're following. Psalm 119 verse 111. The, The word is a light into my path and a lamp unto my feet. John 1 1. He is the word. That was made flesh and dwelt among us. You know who Jesus is? He's good direction. Well, I'm not sure what to do. Follow Jesus. I'm not sure where to go. Where's Jesus telling you to go? But if you don't know this Jesus, how could you follow this Jesus? Jesus said like this in John 10, verse 9. He said, I'm the door. Anyone who enters by me will be saved. And he will go in and out in fine pasture. In John 10, verse 11, he said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives life for the sheep. You know what I'm finding in this is, when we realize who Jesus is, and and when we follow Jesus and not fear, that we have everything provided for us than we'd ever need. In that verse in Jeremiah chapter 17, we won't wither despite what's happening around us. In a year of drought, we'll continue to produce fruit. Because we're only going up when we follow Jesus and not our fears. 
We're not going to be like the children of Israel who had to walk around the desert for 40 years because they decided that the giants in the land weren't babysitters, but they would defeat them. Jesus said this in John chapter 11, verse 25. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though they may die, he shall live. Jesus said, said it like this in John chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. Nobody, nobody comes to the Father except by me. John chapter 15, verse 11, he said, I'm the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. But I think the one I love the most is John chapter 8, verse 58. He said it like this. He said, before Abraham was... I am. You know who this Jesus is? He's not the great I was. He's not the great I'm going to be. He's the great I am. He's been here from the foundation in the beginning of the earth. He'll be here when it's done. He's still here right now praying in heaven at the right hand of the Father. His works were completed at the foundation of the earth. On the cross, he said it's finished. He's still healing. He's still baptizing with, with the Holy Ghost. He's still setting free. He's still loving. He's still bringing light to men. He's still being the shepherd. He's still being the door. He's still being the way, the truth, and the life. He still is today what he's always been and what he always will be. He is the great I am. The one that was in the burning bush is the one that was still here right now. And I start to think about what Jesus did for the Israelites. The I am was following them with water. The I am was providing them with daily bread. The I am was providing them with what they needed. The I am was overhead. The I am was surrounding them. The I am is the one that knocked down the walls. The, the I am, according to Psalms, was the one that led them through the Red Sea with a secret path. The I am did that for them. What's he doing for you? It's time to stop looking back and saying, well, 2020 was a hard year. Maybe for some, but not for us. 2021 is going to be different. We're not dictated by what's happening in the earth. You want to know what we're dictated by? Where we're planted in proximity to Jesus. Numbers chapter 14, verse 6 through 9, and then I'm going to jump to verse 24. It says this, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of who were among those who had spied on the land, they tore their clothes, which was a sign that they were just absolutely destroyed in their heart. And they spoke to all the congregation of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out, it is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, which, I don't know, like there's a couple things that might prove that the Lord delighted in them. He will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. And then they said this in verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Because a lack of faith is rebellion. We can't obey God and obey our fear at the same time. Nor fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And then skip down to where they were foolish and listened to people with no faith. All the way down to verse 24. And God said this about, about Caleb. He said, but as for my servant Caleb... I want you to catch this. Because he has had a different spirit and followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. You know what separated Caleb? When everybody else was fearful. When everybody else was saying the giants are too big. 
When everybody else was saying the business couldn't grow, when everybody else was saying the family couldn't be back, put back together, when everybody else was saying that, 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 that the drugs were too much, when everyone else was saying that Elmira was too far gone, when everybody else was saying whatever they want to say about your position in life, Caleb said, if God has favor upon us, he had a different spirit. Caleb had a spirit of faith. He didn't have a spirit of fear. He followed God fully. And when we refuse to follow fear, but we follow God fully and we have a spirit of faith inside of us, there's nothing that will stop the people of God when we're planted next to God in a spirit of faith, following him fully. Nothing. Unless the Bible's wrong. There's nothing. And in that case, don't argue with me. Bring it up to God. You see, a spirit of faith, it does something to you. It makes it so you don't run from anything that's challenging you. Because you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You know what a spirit of faith realizes? A, re a spirit of faith realizes, I've already been crucified with, with Christ. What could kill me? I'm already dead. It's not even I who lives anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. So if I'm crucified with Christ right now, what, what challenge could, could kill me? What thing could destroy what's already been crucified? You know what, what a spirit of faith says? I've been baptized with Christ. Therefore, what could drown out what God is doing in my life? I've already been baptized. Nothing could drown me out. You know what a spirit of faith says? I'm Holy Spirit baptized, full of the fire of Christ. You can't burn what's already on fire. You can't burn me if I'm already on fire for Jesus. The spirit of faith says, you can't steal what's already been promised by God because the work is already done. I think it's time that we make sure we leave a spirit of fear behind in 2020. That if we're going to change forward, we're not going to be like the rest of the world. The church can't look like the world. You know what the world needs? It needs a courageous church. A fearful world needs a courageous church. You want to know what people like to follow? Those who are willing to go through the door first. You know what we need? A, a people of faith who are saying, I don't care what it looks like. I'll walk through that door first because I know I can't be killed. I'm crucified. I know I can't be drowned out. I'm already baptized. I can't get put on fire because I'm on fire. I can't not get the promise because it's already done. The world wants to follow someone that's willing to say, I'll walk through the door first. It's time for the church to get a spirit of faith, not running from the door like Shh. Look at that thing. That's big and scary. No, I don't care. I got a big God who's walking right with me, who's inside of me, who already prepared the promises long before. And I got a spirit of faith. Again, this is how we overcome the world, our faith. John 16, verse 33, Jesus said this. He said, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you, you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. My question for you is simple today. Are you ready to take ground? Because, because here's the deal. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8. I want to read this again. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and does not fear when the heat comes because they know who they're attached to. But its leaves will be green and will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. Can I tell you the ultimate hack in life is trusting the Lord. And when you trust the Lord, there's not regression. There's only progress. There's only forward towards the promise. It's only up and over towards the things of Jesus. It's time to stop going backwards because of fear. I don't care what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it looks like because in reality, their protection has left them. God's promises are already completed. And it's time for the church to get their head up, their shoulders back, 
and start walking with confidence at what Jesus has already said about your life. I'll tell you what, some people in this room, you, 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 you knew that God had asked you to do some things, but you decided to put them on the back burner because of what was happening. You decided, I'll, I'll just wait it out. Can I tell you, now's not a time to wait it out. If Jesus promised it, it's time to run at it full force. It's not a time to, to be fearful. What if I fail? What if this? What if this? If Jesus said it, it's not, time to, it's not time to think through fear. It's time to think through faith. Well, I'm not sure about this anymore. If Jesus said it, it's time to be sure about it yet again. Well, what, it, what will happen? It doesn't matter what will happen. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. Because I'm not going down. I'm not looking back. I'm not going to walk over the walls of Jericho. I'm not walking through the desert. I'm not swimming over the Pharaoh's armies to go back to my Egypt. I'm walking into the promise. It's time to take what Jesus died for. It's time for the promises of God to be inside of your life. It's time to leave fear and change forward into the things of Jesus. Amen. Will you bow your heads in this room? I, just, I, feel, I feel a spirit of faith in this room. What do I mean by that? I feel, I feel there's people in this room that you were discouraged. Well, I don't know about this, and I'm not sure about this. But a spirit of faith has risen up inside of you. Can I tell you here's why? Because faith is what overcomes. And it's the word of God that gives faith. And often what we do with the word, like, that was good, that was nice. I'll post about it on Facebook. That was great. No, no, Pastor Ron talked about it last week. It's what we do with the word. Sure, you can have a spirit of faith, but what happens when you walk out of here? It's time to try that business. It's time to reach out to that person. It's time for forgiveness. It's time to lay hands on that person. It's time to share the gospel with that person. It's not time to look back. It's time to look forward. It's time to run towards the things of Christ. I said, I feel a spirit of faith in this room. But genuine faith, it, it demands action. See, you can have faith, but, but faith without works is dead. It's time to run. Your leaves will not wither. You do not get anxious when, it, when the heat gets turned up. There's never a season that you don't have production. The rest of the world can go, go opposite, but you're going up. Let me ask you this. How is it that the Great Depression produced the most amount of millionaires? Because it doesn't matter. Even in a season of great loss for some, others have great gain. And it's time for believers to say, it's my season of gain of what Jesus died for in my life. I look across the room. There's already some people. They've been living this all year. There's some people you've seen regression. I'm telling you, it's not time to regress. It's time to move forward. It's a spirit of faith. You're in this room and saying, I, I, I got a spirit of faith. There's something that Jesus has asked me to do, and I put it on the back burner. I'm ready to, I'm ready to pick it up. We wave your hand at me saying, I'm ready to pick it up. I'm ready to pick it up. Come on, amen, 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 amen. I'm ready to pick it up. I don't care what it is. I'm picking it up. I don't care what they say. I'm picking it up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a, a fresh level of faith inside of every single believer today. That, Lord, the fear of what the news channels, social media, listening to the advice of foolish friends, not faithful friends. I pray it be replaced with a spirit of faith even now. As it was said of Caleb, he had a different spirit inside of him. Father, I thank you for a different spirit inside of us. Not one that looks back or blames our loss on other things. But those who put their shoulders back and walk forward in the things and the promises of God. That our leaves will not wither. We won't get anxious when it gets hot. But increase will be our story. The promises of God will be the promises that we see inside of our life. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if that's you, you're going to see the promises. Can I hear a mighty amen? Now here's the reality. Jesus also said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. The greatest promise that Jesus died for was salvation. 
the great, well, honestly, one of the greatest I am statements made was, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You, there, there's only one way to heaven, and it's Jesus. It's not being a good person. There's no other religion. It's not sitting in a chair on a Sunday morning. It's not going to class, and it's not grow, going to group. It's a surrender of our lives to Jesus Christ. Not just as Savior so we can escape hell, but as our Lord and have genuine relationship with Him. If you're in this room and say, I, I, I don't serve Jesus. I'm telling you, it's, hard to, it's impossible to get the promises of God without first having the person of Jesus. Maybe you can have some good things, but you'll never have satisfaction without Jesus. Maybe you got a raise without Jesus, but it wasn't the blessing of God, which is so much more. Look, well, my life is pretty good right now. Imagine how much better it would be with Jesus. I don't have much of a need. No, you have all the need. You, have, you, you still need Jesus. Well, everything else is in order, but this one small thing, he'll fill that one small thing and unlock the greatest. Today, if you don't serve Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. Not just as your Savior, but also your Lord. We'll teach you what that means. If you're in this room saying, I need Jesus, will you raise your hand to me? Maybe it's the first time. Maybe you've walked away. You've been living a, a hellish life. Say, I'm ready to get right with God. Will you wave your hand to me right now? So I'm ready to say, amen, I see your hand. Anybody else? Come on. I'm ready to get right with God in this room. I feel there's two or three more people. You're a little nervous about getting your hand up. It doesn't matter. This is a room that wants to celebrate you. Amen, 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 amen. If you can't stand for Jesus in the room that wants you to. Amen. Can you stand to your feet? I got two things for you. Number one, if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you in just a second to meet me up here. Number two, if you need prayer for anything, we want to be right here at the front for you. Uh, Brittany, Pastor Palco, Buddy, prayer team, Pastor George, Pastor Patricia. If you need prayer for anything, say, hey, I want to join my faith. I need healing. I need my marriage corrected. I need this. I don't care what it is. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be right here at the front. You want to know why? We're going to be holding testimonies within these 21 days. We'll be right here at the front if you need prayer for anything. I, I hate when, when, when church people are like, no, I'm good. I don't need anything. I'll pray in the car. Bro, come on. Are you going to let a spirit of fear of people judging you get you to run out to your car and then still not even pray because when you get to the car, you're going to feel the condemnation of not doing what you knew you should have. The devil thinks we're stupid. Don't, no, no. He's the idiot. He's been running the same game. You just got to start talking about it. Don't run back to the car. Like, well, they'll judge me. They know that I'm supposed to have my life in order. <laughs> That's not what family does. Family celebrates freedom. So here's what I want you to do. If you say, I need, I need prayer. There's no shame in needing prayer. Don't let a spirit of fear chase you out to your car, turn to condemnation, and you don't even get prayer. Just come to the front and let us join our faith with yours and see what Jesus can do. Amen? Now, if you waved your hand at me, can you meet me up here in the front real quick? We're going to put our hands together for you right now. I, I want to pray with you. I saw, come on, come on. Amen. Keep them. Amen. Amen. Saw a young man over here as well. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, all of heaven is celebrating right now. The greatest decision someone could make to surrender their life to Jesus. Amen. Guys, we're, we're going to all pray this together. Then right over here is my wife, Mindy. She's going to give you a Bible. Well, let's all join in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I turn my back on sin. Thank you for your forgiveness. 
thank you for salvation. Thank you for being the Lord of my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Again, if you need prayer for anything, we're right here at the front. Also, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 7 o'clock, we're here for 21 days of praise. And you're like, well, I don't really need Jesus to do anything. Then praise, come praise him for what he already did. Well, I have a great need. I don't know if I can come. Then you definitely need to come. We're going to be holding testimonies. Amen? Amen. On your way out, um, if you're a woman over the age of 18, we have a mug for you for Mother's Day. They were a little bit late, but someone someone told Pastor Rhonda, I have a collection from every single year. I need my mug. So if that was you, your mug is in the back. We love you. Have a great day. We'll see you all week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 7 p.m. And if you need prayer for anything, we are right here in the front. Don't let a spirit of fear drive you to your car. Drive to the front with a spirit of faith. We love you guys.